Hello, and welcome back to episode 48 of the Training with Tucker podcast. Today, I sat down and chatted with Vic Johnson, who is a nutrition coach for outdoor athletes. He coaches anyone who considers the outdoors a playground, and uh, he's also quite an accomplished endurance athlete himself as he competes in ultra trail events, in cycling events, as well as triathlons. He is a really smart dude who I enjoyed chatting with, and I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my chat with Vic Johnson. All right, Vic, welcome to the Training with Tucker podcast. Uh, first off, why don't you tell me a little about yourself and tell the audience you know, what got you into endurance sports and uh, how long you've been plant-based and anything else you want to share with the audience? Sweet. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Tucker. I'm, I'm stoked about this. Um, so yeah, my name is Vic. Uh, I am a sports nutritionist, uh, primarily working with outdoor endurance athletes. Um, so trail runners, ultra runners, cyclists, triathletes, climbers, skiers, uh, you know, if you're moving in the outdoors, I, I, I love to work with you. Um, I got into, uh, outdoor sports myself in high school. I mean, I grew up camping and stuff, but, uh, in high school was when I, I, I started running cross country, um, and then realized like, okay, it's really cool to like move as fast as you can in the outdoors. And so I started getting more into mountain biking and triathlons um, and then started with some shorter trail runs, half marathons, marathons, uh, and then worked my way into the ultras. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where the endurance, the love for endurance sports started was in high school. Awesome, man. And what inspired you to go into this field of, of nutrition and working with, with athletes and, and all yeah. that? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So in high school, uh, I was kind of looking for anything that would help me be a better runner. Um, I also played basketball, but I was never that great. Um, it was really fun, but I wasn't that good. But I started running and I was like, oh, I could like be pretty good at this. And so I was kind of looking for anything that would help me get better. Um, and my mom, who's kind of a nutrition, she had always been interested in nutrition. Uh, she was like, well, why don't you try like eating more of a whole foods plant centered diet and like see if that helps with your recovery, see if that helps you feel more energized and just kind of pay more attention to your food because that's something that I hadn't really been. I was just kind of eating how any teenager would eat right? and I hadn't really been paying attention to it. So I was like, all right, great. I'll, I'll try it and see, you know, how I feel. So I started eating, you know, paying more attention and I did that for like a week, couple weeks and I felt great. Like I, my recovery was better. Like I was feeling like I could recover faster after these track workouts that I was doing. Um, I felt like it was more energized throughout the day, wasn't getting as tired in the afternoons, had more energy for my workouts. Um, and so that's kind of what initially got me interested in nutrition. I was like, wow, there's, there's this connection here between what I'm eating and how I'm feeling. And I feel like it takes a while for 
most people to realize that. And I, I feel like I was lucky to kind of stumble into that when I was so young. Um, and I still didn't know that I wanted to like do that as a career or like focus on that. Um, it was more just like this personal thing, but all my friends would like think that I was crazy because I was eating this plant-based diet and they're like, well, where do you get your protein? And my coaches were all worried about like, well, you're just going to be emaciated and not have any energy and, and all, you know, valid, (laughs) valid worries. But, um, so I, and I didn't know what to say. I, I, I didn't have any nutrition training or education and, so I'd just be like, I don't know, like, I just feel better when I eat this way. And so I'm just going to keep eating this way. And, but people kept asking questions. So I started actually kind of getting into the research so I could kind of answer some of these questions. Um, so, you know, when I was like 16, 17, I was like reading, you know, articles, <laughs> research articles online to like figure out you know, what was actually going on in my body and like figure out what, what this nutrition thing was all about. Um, and then I went to college, I actually studied psychology in my undergrad, um, which I end up using now as a nutrition coach all the time, because I'm trying to help people change their behavior. Um, but I didn't know that I wanted to do nutrition. Uh, and then we moved to Flagstaff. Um, after a while, and I was just looking for jobs, and I thought, well, that would be cool to, uh, you know, do something nutrition related. It's something that I'm really interested in. Um, there's nothing in psychology right now that I'm super excited about or anything like that. And I ended up getting connected with uh, a, a really cool professor at Northern Arizona University, and he ran a nutrition lab that worked primarily with the athlete, the student athletes at Northern Arizona. Um, and with basically no uh, background in nutrition, except for that, you know, the research that I had done on my own and my own interests, he took me on and, and let me work with the athletes and work in his lab. So I was doing research um, and was able to help these athletes fuel more and fuel better. Um, and that's kind of where I started getting my first experience. So that was a really awesome opportunity. Um, and then around that same time, I had an athlete reach out on Instagram and was like, Hey, I'm a vegan athlete too, but I just kind of started. And he was a, he was a pro, uh, ski mountaineer and trail runner, uh, from Europe. He was like, I don't know how to do, I don't know how to fuel and and be a you know fuel with a vegan diet and be this high performing athlete can you help me like can you coach me like do you do coaching and i was like well i guess i do now like sure like will will you pay me to do this (laughs) he's like yeah i'll pay you and so i started helping him and i was getting more experience at the lab at the school um and i really loved it like it was it was like the coolest job like working with this really cool athlete and helping him know how to eat. Um, and then working with these athletes at the school and the, a new program opened up at NAU uh, masters in public health with an emphasis in, in nutrition. So you can become a registered dietitian. And the professor who had taken me on was like, you should definitely like, if this is something you're doing, like you should get into this program, like at least apply. So I applied, got in, did all the prereqs that I hadn't done. 
Um, and then I actually just graduated uh, a couple months ago from that program. So Congrats. master's in public health with nutrition. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's, I mean, been interested in nutrition and, and how it corresponds with, with being an athlete for about, you know, 15 years now, but, uh, just got done with my formal training. Um, but yeah, I've ever since I worked with that first schemo athlete, um, I was like, this is what I want to do. So I started working with more and more athletes throughout the world. And, uh, I've been doing that for about five years now of like one-on-one -on -one nutrition coaching with, with outdoor athletes and a good portion of them are, uh, you know, more, more plant-based or, or vegan or, or leaning towards, you know, more of a plant-centered diet. Um, but I also work with other athletes who also eat a variety of different foods. So I was going to, I was going to ask that as a follow-up question. So I'm glad yeah. that you just read my mind and answered that. Um, <laughs> another follow-up question I'm curious, and this is a little bit of a selfish question, but I, I'm lucky enough to get to coach high school track and cross country and at, at a school that has, uh, that's very academically gifted and has a lot of, um, you know, very progressive and, uh, you know, kids just thinking in ways that I certainly never did at that age. And I actually have a few that are, that are vegan. And oh, so wow. I am curious for, you know, both myself and for anyone out there that maybe has kids that are thinking about this um as there are you know there's more and more evidence out there that a plant-based or plant-forward diet is better for the environment better for the animals you know the the health thing seems to be the one area where people still poke holes in it but you can't deny that it's better for the environment and better for the animals right that's pretty um, solid right but there there have to be some specific considerations for growing individuals. And there's been a lot of misinformation put out into the world, you know, over the last whatever, however, hundred years, um, you know, totally. from the 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 big dairy and, and all that, that if you're not drinking a glass of milk at dinner, you know, your bones are gonna break and all that. Um, <laughs> are there any specific considerations that you would uh, you know, encourage for teenage or, or younger? athletes that are considering going more plant-based yeah definitely and they're honestly there's some of the same considerations that i look at with you know my adult athletes that i'm working with um, they run into the same issues um, one of the biggest challenges when eating more of a plant-centered plant-based diet is eating enough um, and that's something that a lot of athletes will run into. They'll, they'll say, okay, for the ethical or environmental reasons, or even, you know, long-term health reasons or performance reasons, I want to eat a plant-based diet. I want to go vegan or vegetarian or whatever. Um, and they stop eating all of these very calorically dense foods, meat, dairy, and eggs, and replace them with all of these very nutrient dense foods, right? A lot of these, you know, fruits and veggies and whole grains that are awesome have a lot of micronutrients, but they're not eating enough of those to make up for the calories that they were losing, right? And so that's one of the very first things that I look at with any athlete that I'm working with, regardless of their diet, is before I talk about what you're eating and what types of foods you're eating, 
I don't really care about that until we make sure first that you're eating enough, right? And so, for example, the athletes at Northern Arizona, you know, we would do these research studies with like the football players. And there were some of those guys that were like 800 to 1,000 calories in deficit every day. And these are guys who are trying to really bulk up and get huge. And especially, you know, to your point of working with younger athletes, you know, working with people in high school or, or even younger, like they're in these really crucial growing stages. And if they're burning more calories than they're eating, then they're not, that growth and development isn't, is, is, is going to be affected in a negative way. Right. And that's not only going to affect their overall health, but also especially their, their athletic performance. And so before we even talk about what types of foods may be the most beneficial for people to be eating, I want to make sure that they're eating enough calories in general. Um, and I'll, you know, with some of my athletes, it's like, I don't care if that's like, like Oreos and pizza, like eat whatever you need to, to get the calories you need. And once you kind of get that down, then we'll start working in some of these more uh, nutrient dense foods and make sure you're getting the micronutrients that you need. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's probably the biggest consideration that I would look at when working with young athletes. Definitely. Yeah. It's, that's what I often tell people when I, and I've been plant-based now for three and a half years. And when I first went plant-based, I lost like five to 10 pounds that I did not need to lose. And yeah. like figuring out that, oh man, I can't just eat three meals a day like I was and be yep. okay here. Um, yep. You know, basically yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just always eating. Food. Yeah. You need to be eating more consistently and just bigger meals as well. Right. And And it's interesting because one of the reasons why a plant-centered diet may be one of the healthier options for longevity and for preventative, you know, preventing long-term disease in the general population is because it might not be as calorically dense. Yes. Right. And so that's one of the reasons why it might be helpful for some people who could potentially lose uh, some of that weight and that could help them get, you know, help their, their metabolic systems and help them, uh, their cardiovascular systems or get rid of type two diabetes, you know, maybe losing some weight could be helpful in those situations and not that the weight itself is, is the, the problem, but that's usually correlated. Right. Um, whereas with athletes, it, it's usually the opposite, right? We don't want athletes. Most athletes don't need to lose weight, right? They want to be gaining muscle mass, um, and improving their performance. And so, that is something that we definitely need to, just like you're saying, watch out for and, and, and make sure that we're eating more of those foods. And just the size of the meals can be astounding. Like, whoa, you're going to eat that whole thing. And it's like, yeah, I am. I am going to eat this whole thing. And I might even be hungry after and have to eat more. Yep. Like, <laughs> you have to eat a lot of food on a plant-based diet. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. We definitely especially in this country, in the States, have a, a bit of an overeating problem. And right. a plant-based diet is a good way to, to solve that. But like you said, uh, most athletes are probably in a caloric uh, deficit. And so yeah. that can be, a, can be a challenge on a plant-based diet. Um, sure. Going to the other side, you know, on, as opposed to some of the challenges, what have you seen as some of the benefits for 
athletes, you know, my, my audience tends to lean more in the running world, endurance, uh, endurance sports and all that. Um, so what have you seen as some of the benefits for those types of athletes when following a a more whole foods plant forward diet? Yeah. Um, I would say, so, you know, we talked about overall health and, and disease prevention a little bit in the general population. Um, and some of those same, uh, benefits for our overall health also help with athletic performance, right? So if you think about, um, cardiovascular issues or diabetes, right. Um, where you're not getting the right blood flow or the, or or the right nutrients to the right places at the right times, right? Well, that's going to affect your overall health, but as an athlete, that if, if, if you don't have as good of blood flow, right, that's also going to affect your athletic ability. You're not getting the oxygen and the nutrients to your cells that you need. Um, and so a lot of the same things that are benefiting your overall health are also benefiting you as an athlete, right? Just getting, especially with that blood flow. Um, one of the biggest things that I've seen that a lot of athletes have talked about, and there's some research showing this as well, um, with a more nutrient-dense diet. So uh, you don't necessarily have to be vegan or plant-based to to get these benefits, but eating more foods that are high in antioxidants, you're going to see better recovery times, right? You're going to see less less inflammation, um, uh, better recovery from the oxidation that happens during um, harder workouts or, or prolonged exercise. And some of that inflammation and oxidation is normal and part of that recovery process. And, and you need some of that to, you know, uh, make those adaptations. Uh, but over, uh, over inflammation or over oxidation isn't, isn't helpful for anyone. Right. And so, uh, eating a diet that's higher in greens or berries or, nuts and seeds or spices, those things that are really rich in, in vitamins and minerals and antioxidants that can help a lot with recovery time. Um, something that I'll talk a lot with my athletes about is that there's no like magic food. Like there's not going to be a food that you're going to eat and be wake up the next day and be like, Oh my gosh, I'm a super athlete now. Like it just, it doesn't work that way. Right. Training's the same way. Like there's no one workout that's just going to like make you a way better athlete the next day, right? It's about that consistency. Um, but something that can help significantly with athletic performance is shortening recovery time. Um, because if you think about it, if if each consecutive workout every day, or even if you're doing two days or whatever, if each consecutive workout is higher quality workout, then those workouts are, are going to be you know, you're making better adaptations from those workouts and getting fitter and getting the the performance benefits that you're doing from those exercises. So if you can shorten that recovery time, each successive workout is going to be higher quality and you're not still going to be feeling sore or totally worked from the previous workout. And that actually can improve your performance over time. Yeah, 100%. Recovery is, is the... I think recovery might be that secret sauce that you're talking about. There's no, there's no, uh, you know, one workout or one food that you can consume that's going to make you a super athlete. But um, if you are able to recover deeper, 
and more effectively, you're going to enhance your, uh, your performance. So definitely all good points there. Um, flipping back now, you know, what are some of the, the challenges that you've seen? You know, we talked a little about the, the caloric deficiency and that being a potential issue with a more plant-based diet, but are there any other challenges that you've, that you tend to see in a lot of the athletes that you start working with and what do you, what are some of the typical interventions that you use? Yeah. Um, one of the challenges that I see sometimes that's correlated with athletes who are leaning more into like a plant centered diet, um, are, uh, some it, it's kind of this fine line between caring about what you're eating and becoming obsessed about what you're eating and everyone's a little bit different um and i feel like a lot of times the tendency out there is to think of anyone on a plant-based or a vegan diet as like having this eating disorder and that's certainly true that there are plenty of people out there athletes included who are on a vegan diet, who it, it is disordered eating. It's not, it's not a healthy thing mentally for them to be doing, um, where they're tying their, their body image and what they eat to their self-worth. And I feel like that line is challenging a lot of times for people to, uh, deal with, um, and being overly restrictive at times. Anyways, that's something that I always want my athletes to watch out for. If, if any of this, if they want to eat a plant centered diet and they're doing it for the right reasons, great. And they, they, they feel like from a mental health standpoint, they can be in a good place and do it then awesome. But if it's, it's never worth getting into that place where they're restricting or monitoring or choosing foods for the wrong reasons. Um, and it's kind of complicated. I mean, that's kind of where some of the psychology <laughs> comes into this. And some of my athletes, I'll even say, you know what, I think this is something that you should be working on with a therapist, not necessarily even a, a new, like working with me and a therapist is great. Having that combination is, is really helpful, but it's more, a lot of times for some people, it's, it's kind of this mental health issue. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not to say that every single athlete who tries to eat a, plant-based or vegan diet is going to have these mental health issues or have restrictive or disordered eating. Um, that's not the case at all. You can certainly do it, um, but it's just some, something to be aware of um, that I always try to help my athletes watch out for. That's really well said. I was not expecting you to take it in that direction. I'm really glad that you <laughs> did. Um, I think that is also a big perception that people who are on the more standard kind of American diet have is that a plant-based or vegan diet is very restrictive and it certainly can be, but I haven't found that it is at least in my case, mm -hmm. but I'm sure that it is very individual. And what I often say to people when they ask me about my experience as a vegan and they're asking for, you know, for themselves because they're curious, but they also might be considering it. I advise them to just gradually make that change with one thing at a time and see how that feels. And I think the answer for most people is somewhere in the middle. 
it's probably not going all the way to being fully vegan because it can be difficult. It can be restrictive, especially in social settings, especially eating out. It can be tough to, you know, see everybody else having like a full menu of things to order from. And you're like, well, I guess I'm going to get the salad without the feta and, you know, oh, is yeah, it dressing like, the dairy? I heard lettuce and tomatoes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I encourage people to like be flexible. For me, I find that it just works really well for me to draw that line in the sand and say, this is what I eat and this is what I'm not willing to eat. But I think for most people, if they were just to eat a more whole foods, plant-based diet, that would be a great solution for them. And yeah, you can go out and, you know, have a steak if you want to and have treat yourself to a nice meal or have those comfort foods that you, you want to have. I found that any meal I want to have, I can pretty much find a vegan version of a recipe out there that checks the box for me. But for some people, maybe they, they feel like they need to have, you know, yeah. some of those things that, that aren't vegan, but, um, you know, every once in a while, that's fine. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think, like you said, sometimes, and for certain people, it, it is helpful to kind of draw this, this line and say, yeah, this is, these are the types of things that I do eat. And yeah, there's a huge variety, right? Like, you look at all the different types of plants out there, like, there's a massive variety of foods that you can eat on a plant based diet. If you look at the standard American diet, people cycle through like the same five meals every week. It's like, yep it's not like there's this massive variety on, on a normal standard American diet. Um, and there can be on a plant, on a plant centered diet. Um, so yeah, for some people it's, it's helpful to draw that hard line. I think, especially when it comes to maybe more of the ethical and yeah. environmental reasons, that's like, no, I don't eat this for this specific reason. When it comes to health and nutrition, it's definitely more of a gray area. Uh, in nutrition, uh, I feel like uh, in the news outlets and uh, just uh, pop culture, like it's always seen as like these black and white decisions um, and outcomes. And nutrition just doesn't work that way. It's it's way more gray area. It's way more about what you're doing over the course of a long period of time and, and what you're doing consistently over a long period of time. Um, any single one food or any single one meal really isn't going to make a difference. Right. And if, if I were even to say, yeah, I'm, I'm plant-based, but every weekend I eat a, I go eat a big burger. Honestly, in the grand scheme of things, that's probably not going to affect my health a no. whole lot. Right. If at all. Um, so it's about what you're doing consistently. It's about what you're doing most of the time that matters. Um, and I feel like, just like what you're saying, if people can even just add more whole foods, add more whole grains, more veggies, more fruits, uh, more legumes, more nuts and seeds to what they're doing, like that's going to help their overall health. That's going to help their, their performance as an athlete. They don't have to necessarily make that a hundred percent switch to a full hundred percent whole food, plant-based vegan diet. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're right on with that kind of middle ground is is a healthy place for a lot of people to be. Definitely. Um, do you have any advice for people that maybe are considering 
that switch, anything, you know, we talked a little about the making sure you're eating enough. Um, but are there some specific like micronutrients or anything that you want to watch out for that, um, you know, maybe some specific food groups or, um, you know, certain veggies that people will want to make sure they are trying to get into their diet to make sure they are, um, you know, staying healthy. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, protein is one of those things that is often brought up in this conversation. Um, and I feel like a lot of, uh, plant-based people are very defensive about that and almost to the point of like, oh, protein is not that important. We don't, we don't need, you know, protein. And do we need as much protein as most Americans are getting? Probably not, especially for the normal standard American who's not super active, mostly, you know, maybe working out a couple times a week or whatever. Yeah, getting about 0.8 grams uh, per kilogram of body weight per day should be plenty. Um, you know, 40 to 50 grams, depending on gender and, and your weight um, a day is probably enough for most people. Um, that being said, as athletes, especially as endurance athletes, it is something that we need to be watching out for and making sure that we're getting enough. And not only is this an issue with uh, plant-based athletes, but also all the athletes that I work with, many of them aren't getting the protein that they need. Um, so it can even be double what, you know, a normal sedentary non uh, endurance athlete might need. So more, more in the zone of, you know, 1.2 to two grams, um, of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. Um, so that could be, you know, for someone who weighs 150 pounds, that could be, you know, hundred to 120 grams of protein a day. Um, which isn't by any means, if you're paying attention to your food, that's really not that hard to get. Um, but if you aren't used to paying attention to your food and you're on a plant centered diet where maybe you're avoiding some of these more protein rich foods like meat, dairy, and eggs, you might have to specifically plan, all right, what in this meal am I going to get? That's going to give me the protein that I need. So making sure to include lots of beans and lentils and peas um, soy products, if you're doing tofu, soy milk, um, nuts and seeds, uh, even whole grains, um, contain a decent amount of protein, but you, it is something as an endurance athlete that you don't have to be obsessed about, but you should at least check in every once in a while and be like, all right, what have I been doing over the last few weeks or whatever to make sure that I'm getting my, my protein in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that's one of the things I would say. And then there's a couple micronutrients as well to watch out for. B12, um, that's not going to be in any uh, plant products unless it's enriched. Um, so I usually recommend just taking a B12 supplement. Super easy. Um, iron can be a little lower. Uh, it's a little less bioavailable in plants. Um, but don't just go taking iron pills willy-nilly. I would always get your ferritin and iron levels tested before you start on an iron supplement, unless it's a really low dose. 
Um, calcium sometimes is a little bit lower in plant-based people. Um, athletes in general need a little bit more. Um, so either get that, make sure that's in uh, fortified in the foods that you're eating, or you can also take a supplement. Um, but you can also get tested and make sure that, you know, you're not just randomly taking supplements for no reason. Um, those are the big ones that I see in some of my athletes. Yeah, that all makes sense. Um, I didn't put this one in the outline, so I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. Maybe again, a little bit selfish, um, because truth be told, I've never worked with, with a nutritionist or dietitian myself. And so, you know, for myself and for anyone out there that might be thinking, man, this guy knows what he's talking about and could really help me. What does your process look like? Let's say an athlete comes to you and says, Hey Vic, I'm, you know, interested in improving my performance through, through my nutrition, just being a little bit healthier. Um, you know, what does, uh, that process look like when you're working with somebody one-on-one? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I offer a couple different, you know, options for athletes to do the, the greatest value I can give is my one-on-one coaching. Um, and what that looks like is an eight week program, um, where every week we're doing a phone call or a zoom call. I usually prefer zoom or, or FaceTime. Cause I feel like you can get more face to face. Um, and essentially we'll work on whatever the athlete needs to work on. It's not like I have a specific, uh, protocol for, oh, you're a triathlete. These are the exact things that we're going to talk about, or you're a runner. We're going to talk about these things. Um, but we'll spend, uh, the first week or so I will have the athlete track on an app called chronometer. Um, just so we can get a baseline of what they're eating, where their micronutrients are at, where their macronutrients are at. And I take it all with a grain of salt. I know those apps aren't hundred percent accurate and that's fine. Um, but I, I just kind of like to have that average baseline of what they're already eating and what they're doing. Um, some of my athletes will keep tracking after that first week cause they like it in general. I feel like a more intuitive approach is, is probably more sustainable. We weren't born yeah. with calorie counters or macro counters or whatever. Um, so being able to listen to your body is really important. And so I, I don't encourage my athletes to track forever. I don't think that that's sustainable, but at least that first week, I think it is helpful to get that data. Um, I also offer uh, the athletes to, they, they can get blood, uh, blood test and we go through that data together as well. So we're looking at specific biomarkers. Um, and I work with a company called an athlete blood test and, and that's who we do it through. So they go get tested and then we look at the results together. Um, and then we'll go over all of that data. We'll talk about their everyday nutrition. So what are they eating on a day to day? What are they eating for breakfast, lunches, dinners? We'll talk about meal prep. We'll talk about, uh, meal planning. If that's something that they feel like would be helpful for them. Um, and we can even spend time during our calls to plan the whole next week's meals. Um, 
because really my goal as a coach is to get them to a place where they don't need me anymore. Even if that doesn't make sense, like financially, <laughs> I, I yeah. kind of feel that obligation. I want people, I want this to be sustainable for people. And I want uh, people to have the tools and the knowledge and the confidence that they need to be able to do this on their own. Right. Because I don't want to coach them forever and they don't want me as a coach forever. <laughs> Maybe they do. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, so we can do meal planning. Um, and then uh, a lot of the calls are spent talking specifically about the sports nutrition side of things as well. So what are these athletes eating before, during, and after their workouts and events? Do they know how to fuel for a long run? Do they know how to fuel for this all day mountain adventure that they're going to do? Um, and we'll talk about different fuel sources and, and why your body needs certain types of carbohydrate and what needs to go into a recovery meal and um, how to fuel for, you know, let's say it's a cyclist who's doing stage, a stage race over multi-days. Um, maybe we go in and, and make a specific race plan so they know exactly what they're eating over the course of that week that they're doing those back-to-back -back races. Um, so really it changes depending on the athlete um, and, and their specific needs. But my goal at the end of those eight weeks is to make sure they know how to fuel for their specific sport and they know what they're doing in their day to day and they know what they're doing for their workouts and for their races, um, and, and helping them feel confident that they can do that on their own. Sounds like something that everyone could benefit from. <laughs> What's your, you said you had two offerings. What's the second one? Oh yeah. So I also will just do, um, uh, I can just do a diet analysis where I'll have them track for a week. Um, I actually have a call right after this, uh, with an athlete who I had them track for a week and then we just go over that data together. And so we're more talking about the day-to-day -day stuff on those types of calls. And then I also offer just a single call where we're planning for a specific event or race and making a, a fueling strategy for that, for that event. Got it. That's awesome. Very valuable stuff there that you offer and, uh, don't sell yourself short. I think everybody could benefit from, from having you as their nutrition coach for forever. So, but I get what you mean. And I've used chronometer myself in the past. It's a great app. It's not perfect. Like you said, it, it you know, you plug in, uh, you know, toast and peanut butter and it like you know sometimes it can't quite figure out exactly you what you are the same exact brand or whatever exactly yeah. yeah um but it's great and i've used it for probably at most like two three days and i'll do it every now and again just to check in yeah but i also don't think that tracking everything you're taking in is sustainable and something that anybody should be doing because food is, um, you know, it, it's such a part of our culture and it, there's, you know, a lot of emotions tied into it and it should be something that we enjoy doing, not something yeah. we feel, you know, obligated to, uh, or very regimented with. Um, so I think that's Absolutely. really awesome that you, you offer all of that and that you also are encouraging people to be more intuitive with their diet. Mm -hmm. 
Cool. Um, well, I know you have a call coming up and I've taken up a lot of your time today, but uh, would love to to do this again sometime and chat about some more, you know, other things, other specific considerations. We didn't even get into like fueling for specific events and that would be a great topic because that's, that's something that I think, especially with marathons and up um, or, you know, really any endurance event where you're out there for multiple hours, like the fueling almost becomes more important than anything else. Yeah. Um, so we often say like an ultra marathon is really just an eating competition. You're just going from eating competition to eating competition with a little bit of running in between. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the one thing that can really derail your day. So, uh, yeah. would love to talk with you more about, about that and other things as well. Um, but where can people find more information about you? I'll certainly plug in your social media um, handles and your website and all of that into the show notes. But just for those that are maybe driving or, or whatnot, where can people find more about you? Yeah. Um, so mountain sports nutritionist on Instagram. Um, that's probably the easiest. That's where I usually interact most with, with people. Um, I try to post at least a few times a week, helpful, uh, sports nutrition related topics. Um, but I also have a website, um, and that's just mountainsportsnutrition.com. Um, so look for that. It's, it's mtnsportsnutrition.com. Um, and you can message me on there. You can message me on Instagram. Uh, but those are probably the best ways for people to get a hold of me. Um, yeah. Great. Love your content that you're putting out too. And before I let you go, um, recently saw your post about the the Grand Traverse, which uh, took place this past weekend. We talked a little before we started recording about that, but uh, yeah. tell us a little about about that. You're an, an endurance athlete yourself. What was this awesome mountain adventure that you went on this past weekend? Yeah, so it was really fun. Well, and kind of miserable as most endurance <laughs> events are. Um, but basically, you. Uh, they so the the grand traverse started as a ski race um and it's a 40 mile ski race covering the distance between crested butte and aspen um and then they made it into a trail run race and a mountain bike race as well um skiing still kind of scares me so i uh i didn't do the ski race this year one of my really good friends did uh and he was like well you should at least do the run and the bike and so those are on back-to-back -back days. And so on Saturday, uh, did the 40-mile trail run. Um, and that was from Crested Butte to Aspen. Uh, pretty pretty technical. I think there was like 7,000, no, just over 6,000 feet of gain. So not nothing like crazy, but still you're climbing quite a bit. Um, and a lot of the races are really high elevation too. Um, that went really well. I took seventh overall um sixth male got a hold of big check pose with that big check for the first time <laughs> in my life um that was really cool uh and then the next day uh woke up and mountain biked back from aspen to uh crested butte and i think i took somewhere in the top 20 like 18th or 19th overall in that um but then i ended up they they do awards for a lot of different categories um, but one of those is the dual sport uh, category of of the fastest combined 
run and bike time. And I ended up taking first in that uh, combined time, which was pretty cool. So I felt good about the weekend. Um, nutrition went pretty well. There are a few minor hiccups, but I was able to pull through. Um, but yeah, that was, it was a fun, it was a fun weekend. That's awesome. Well, congrats. That is a heck of an accomplishment. Thank you. Um, what, what do you use to fuel on those kinds of efforts? Um, so I, uh, since you have to hydrate, I always choose a liquid fuel source as one of my fuel sources, because then you're kind of just killing two birds with one stone. Um, I usually will do like a maltodextrin, like I buy maltodextrin powder on Amazon. It's super cheap. Uh, and there's specific reasons why I use maltodextrin, but that's for a different conversation. Yeah. But, um, I'll use that. And then I, I usually mix it with like some lemonade powder or like even like tang, something like that. Not something that you probably want to be drinking every day, but for my longer stuff, uh, you know, it has the carbohydrate that you need. Um, that's what I usually use. The race had tailwind, which yep. I had used, uh, for many years in the past and kind of got burned out on it. Yep. Um, just the taste. I mean, it works great. Uh, metabolically it, it does what it's supposed to do. Um, but I, it, it was kind of ultra sweet. And so I kind of phased away from it, but this race had it at the aid station. So I thought, ah, Rather than carry my own stuff, I'm just going to use their tailwind. And I kind of wish I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Because I, the very first, I filled up my soft flask and was drinking it at the second aid station. And I was like, oh, no, like, I'm not going to feel like this for the next several hours. And I ended up, so the run, I was doing tailwind. And I tried to do what I could. And I was just mixing tailwind and water. Um, and then I also used spring energy gels. I love spring energy. It's a little more whole foodie, uh, not ultra sweet. I like that stuff. Um, and I was able to get through, but I was probably under fueling a little bit because of, I was using that tailwind and I didn't really want to be drinking it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so for the bike race, I, I ended up taking my own drink mix, uh, and just taking it in Ziploc baggies and, and filling up with water at the, the feed zones, the aid stations, and then dumping my powder into the bottles. Um, and that worked a lot better. I was able to fuel a lot better on the bike than the run, but you live and you learn, right? Yes, for sure. Got it. Well, thank you for sharing. I appreciate you going into that. And certainly I uh, don't want anyone else out there to, to think like copying someone else's uh, fueling strategy is the way to go because everybody is different. So speak with yeah, somebody. No, it's, it's very specific. And uh, yeah, we didn't even talk about amounts or grams of carbs per hour or anything right. like that. And all of that just depends on on the specific athlete and their goals so yeah so speak with somebody like vic if you you have questions about how you can feel better on your <laughs> your endurance events all right man well i've taken up enough of your time here thanks so much for coming on and for sharing so many uh, awesome you know tidbits with with my audience we'll have to do this again sometime um and i will put the info on where to find you in the show notes so thanks again and uh we will talk soon thanks so much for having me tucker thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed my conversation with vic if you'd like to find out more about 
all that he does and what he offers, please check out the show notes for his website and his social media handles and uh, head on over and, and give him a follow and check out his work. He posts a ton of awesome content. And uh, as you could tell from this conversation, the guy knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about and he can certainly help you improve your performance through tweaking your nutrition. So go check him out and I will be back next week with an awesome conversation that I am super excited to share with you all, all about mental skills for endurance athletes with Dr. Justin Ross. Until then, be well. Talk soon.